Welcome back to Stories RPG, the podcast where we tell stories better together. And this, my friends, is going to be another episode of Luna Uni. Woo! Oh, yeah. And with me, as always, is a crew of misfit punk kids looking to make good or do bad. I I don't know. It really depends on the kid in question. Um, Let me have them introduce themselves. Uh, Tell us who you are and tell us who you're playing today. Hey, I'm Mo Poplar, uh, producer at But Amigos Podcast, and I'm going to be playing Yafit Yo, a Tibetan cat-type creature who uh, is quite charming. A little too charming and has a tail. Look at my tail. Isn't it cool? Don't pay attention to any conflict that Yafit gets started. Don't just let that let that slide. <laughs> hey, and I'm Daniel Hines. I'm playing Zark Zappum, who is a um, basically he's the brain of the fastest <laughs> pilot ever in a lockbox in a kind of junky little loner robot now. But he hopes to get his brain into a lightning fast starship once again brain in a box that's yeah the brains of the outfit but only in one sense <laughs> all right dora hello i am scriv the bard now playing theodora or dora the technopunk my skills for engineering and hacking are only outshined by my beautiful jewel-like exoskeleton <laughs> i'm here to create chaos and memories with my three children my robo children daniel jamantha and jimothy so many things to say about those robo children in character there are characters who have thoughts on on robo children i'm waiting for it i'm waiting for those thoughts we haven't heard them yet i know there, there's so much speechifying by robots i didn't want to be annoying with it i eventually they're gonna they're gonna lecture you um pinky perfect really held back at the council honestly um all right y'all you have been tasked with figuring out what is at the center of the most mysterious world that anyone uh, has discovered this strange, seemingly artificial planet that was used as a junkyard for unrecyclable goods. And you have had revealed to you by doctors Yigsel and Shantikalo that there is this massive shifting structure underneath the surface of this moon. And you have been asked to dive down into the chasm, which is full of bizarre shifting mechanisms uh, strangely mutated uh, biologicals, organics who have, you know, ridden in on the junk and changed inexplicably, possibly due to emanations from the core. Uh, and maybe on the way you can rescue Dr. Skibort, but, you know, maybe not. Um, and, you know, just don't die and come back with info and maybe, you know, find uh, precious uh, secrets. It'll be great. What could go and when wrong? We, yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Are we getting paid for this? (laughs) (laughs) 
The payment is in the glory. And also, you know, just the excitement. Aren't you thrilled? Hmm. If we can at least get like a graduation ceremony or something. I mean, we're still kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you excited? Dead <laughs> silence. Everybody <laughs> looks at each other. Um, so the question is, this is your, your opportunity. You are on a world covered in unrecyclable junk. I will remind you that Ace Danger, who styles herself as a pilot extraordinaire, has n- noted that there are about 8 million different chunks of spaceship that she's spotted. Um, Dak, the delusion, has been chopping parts off of stuff and is excellent at salvage. And Brillo is very socially awkward, but seems to have a whole lot of weird sound tech in his bag. So y'all can have a little bit of a construction montage if you like here and prepare for your descent. So whatever you think your characters might want to build or do to get ready, I'm going to let you even perhaps have a line for this if you come up with something brilliant. So any planning y'all want to do, and this includes talking to Shantikalo and, and Yigsel about stuff they have, you can make up something that they've built that you would like to take with you. It's okay for you to play authors as well as characters. It's always, it's always good to do this work together. So what would y'all like in order to prepare for your descent into the chasm. Do we need like a ship or something? Like I don't I'm I'm trying to picture the descent. What does it look like exactly? I think that's what we were going to talk about last time. Mm-hmm. As well. We were looking at some of like the old ships that weren't really working, the different types of vehicles. How big a ship could we fit in this uh canyon cavern pit? What it So it's probably like the the entryway that that you see this giant chasm going down easily um, a good hundred feet across. It's massive. But what Yigsel explains as you are sort of poking around, uh, looking at all the parts, uh, Yigsel says, mm, the problem is that the, the chasm is not uh, limited in size. It changes. We have perhaps the first two stories uh, reliably open, but beneath that, it is, uh, how you say, mm, unpredictable. Therefore, if you create something large enough to go down the first chasm, you might perhaps be stopped when you reach a space that is smaller. I cannot tell you. It is best to be adaptable. Grins mm. with the big yellowing teeth. Looks really excited about that. that All right, word. guys. It sounds like what we really need is a very fast ship that I should fly. I think that's our number one priority. Uh, I, I give uh, Ace Danger a rib and say, why don't we uh, have two? Ace says, sounds to me like we might be best off using something like a, like a hoverboard. Easy to maneuver, small enough you can get in small spaces, fast enough you can get over things mm. or under them if you need to. I think Yafit is absolutely going to just assess what everybody's doing. So feel free to use my characters and narrative kind of actually not doing much, <laughs> but taking it all in. And uh, trying to prepare to have a plan that mm. everybody who's looking at their very micro part of the, the situation might not see. Yeah, you could even mm. make, if you wanted to, you could make a move to figure out like team dynamics where you're like, I know how to get these people. That, that's, that's cool. Exactly. Um, you know, it would almost be leader like. If it were for everybody's mutual aid. 
<laughs> but it could come across that it way, isn't? so it's a win-win. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would be leader-like, but I feel like you're also that you're you're the character who's so cool that you're not actually letting on that you're in charge. You're kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna no. figure out how to organize all these people and get them to do things. But when they're done, they're gonna be really proud of themselves and also just really grateful for me coming along because I'm so amazing. I would never push anyone around. Like they'll all have a great story about me. But yeah, it won't exactly. be all about me. Oh my goodness! <laughs> exactly. They, they'll all they'll all owe you, but they won't realize you were the one who set it up that way. So I just want to see what everybody's doing. Let me make my move last. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. Make your move last, and we'll we'll ask. And if you have some thoughts for what you want the other kids to do, like if you want to ask Brillo about what he's got going on in his sack, do you have any particular things? If you want. Ace to, you know, help you find parts of particular ships. If you've got particular devices you want to try to create. So think about the things you might need to do down there. Movement, right? Uh, there's definitely going to be sensors like exploration, anything dealing. You, you know, there's going to be some weird critters who have been shifted around by the emanations from the core, which is part of the argument that Shantikalo and Yigsel have, have going about what the core is, which clearly they can't stop. Um, so what would y'all like to do? I've been thinking about it. Um, I've, I've got some ideas and I have some ideas of what Daniel, Jamantha and Jimothy might want to do as well. Because for the most part, I don't, they do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't direct them because mm-hmm. they have their own sentience. Obviously they, they have their own opinions and, and agency. Okay. So, I think while I want to focus on trying to get some vehicles together, whether that is a small, fast, agile craft that we can all work on, like be in together, or those are smaller hoverboards, but I would still want them to have some sort of protection because we don't know what's down there. We don't know what kind of weird stuff, if there's like spores in the air or, or what could be impacting us. So I want to kind of think creatively about that because I, I remember hearing we need to be flexible. We need to be adaptable. Did I hear armor? Did I hear spaceship? Did I hear environmental shielding? Did I hear I'm thinking kind of tools? environmental shielding. Mm. I'm thinking environmental shielding, shielding, but I really like the idea of the hoverboard mm. or, or like little speed bikes, you know? Maybe a speed bike kind of thing. Speed bikes are cool. I mean, who doesn't want like... Speed bikes are so cool. Ever since, what was it? The third movie, the speeder bikes in uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, that's, that cool I mean, sound. That's yeah. like the... You can't, you can't lose. Like who doesn't Sonic want Vespa. those? <laughs> Do, okay, wait. Let's I make want some those. Sonic Vespas Sonic Ve- can we with make environmental Sonic? shielding. We need to be able to communicate with each other. I know it's mm. ambitious, but I think looking around... We've got some stuff to work with. Absolutely. You could even mount, you could do two different things. You could have Janiel, Jamantha, and Jimothy be the generators for a, a, uh, a, an environmental protection field. And then you could have the Sonic Vespas just, you know, focused on being Sonic and Vespas. So I was thinking about that. So there are different ways you can neutralize environmental uh, contaminants or, or dangers, right? You could use things like light, like UV light, 
And that's that's Daniel's bag. Daniel likes playing with light and, and creating pictures and artwork. So that's kind of a thing that maybe Daniel might be interested in. You could also use sound waves. So I was kind of thinking, like, what if Jamantha learned from Brillo? Because Jamantha likes music and sound. Ooh, so Brillo could attach potentially a fork or two to, uh, yeah, there's probably some forks that he might have on hand. Um, and Jimothy has very good senses, especially when it comes to systems. So then you have like some radar kind of stuff. So if we all work together, we can go do some cool stuff. If this were a scene that we were watching, I really like the idea of like Yafit Yo and, and Zark having like these, these other intense like interactions. And then... I with Daniel, Jamantha, and Jimothy are just kind of going around in the background. You see me going across the screen, doing like random stuff, carrying these weird sparking things, talking to talking to Dak, talking to Brillo. You hear a crash every now and then. I yell out, don't worry about it. <laughs> There's explosions. I don't even feel like you'd yell anything. Yeah. I think there'd just be like explosions happening in the background. Everybody would be chatting in the foreground, like kind yeah, of ignoring. Yeah. yeah, I like it. All right. <laughs> Who do you want to talk to about this? Give me one person you're going to interact with in this scene. You can make it Brillo. You could you could talk to Shantikalo or Yigsel. You could talk to Wally. I don't know who you want to chat with about getting your stuff together. You know, I kind of think that a spider ship pilot, the, the pilot, Shantikalo, might be interesting to talk to when it comes to piecing these types of things together mm. and and being able to bring these different elements together. Plus, they do seem really cool, and I would like to meet them. Okay, Chantecalo is also, you know, a bot. So, yeah, I okay. know this is I'm giving aware. me the opportunity for my scene. Thank you. So, I'm going to assume that y'all make it, you make your way up to the surface, and you've also been bringing parts down into the lab and sort of cobbling things together. Let's get you into a, a, a like construction montage of the vehicles. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was looking for because each of them have like skills that they're good at that right. surpass my own senses and abilities. Okay, so they are like kind of inspecting and like going over and tweaking different parts of the different vehicles. Mm. And speaking of those vehicles, Zark, what have you in, in danger pieced together? Like, tell me what you're trying to build here. What do you want to drive? And do you want to like detach the body and just attach yourself to whatever the new thing is you build? Like, are you going to like drop the legs and arms because who needs them and just plug yourself into this vehicle or how are you going to do this? You are one with the Sonic Vespa. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm i going to make mine a little uh, hardier. It's a little little more closed in. I don't need room for a human body. Mm-hmm. I can All I need is room for my, uh, my brain dome. And more um, bigger engines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can fit bigger engines. I can fit some more, just all the little sensory things, some little... Um, Mine can have a lot more room for a little utility, so it's mostly engines, but I still put um maybe my little uh my little grabber arms off my robot. I stick those on there too, <laughs> so just kind of fold it in just in case I need to need to reach out. I yeah. like that. Are you like a Vespa with two little claws? <laughs> go go gadget Vespa. <laughs> Definitely not a Vespa. We're talking more like like an old school like a like a chopper. Yeah, it's it's chopper esque. I'm trying to think of what like Lobo drives. <laughs> I think that's just a chopper. <laughs> you want a giant a horse, cut. a hog, yeah, with a skull a right. and yeah, like in flames, flames uh, yeah. on the side, yeah. 
Janiel can paint those on. That's a Janiel job. Yeah. Give him the, yeah. Yeah. Spice glow it in the dark. Super cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's an old chopper with the big, uh, big hanger handlebar kind of, you know, obviously you don't have handlebars or anything, but it's that kind of line on a, uh, on a little sp- spaceship looking thing. It's fast. <laughs> it's nimble. It's got little hands. And it's got my brain loaded inside where the computer system should be. This was once cool. something similar to a Vespa or a motorcycle. And now it's turned into this little <laughs> mini floating spaceship Odoo. Um, okay. So uh, I'm going to say that Yigsel has managed to get his hands on some nuclear materials that will fuel you. He says, this should be good for Ooh. at least two years. So if you get lost, you will still be able to move around. It gives you a big grin. Uh, <laughs> I've never worked with nuclear before. Uh, he says, oh, it's not so very hard. There are, there are excellent ways to work with it. Really, most of the safety precautions are more just, just recommendations. Can you teach me? <laughs> He's like, I would, I would love to. He says, please come. Um, there's there's big mitts involved. There's some like <laughs> there's some heavy shielding. There's some dicey. My moments. multifaceted beetle eyes are just flashing with excitement. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you work with him on on getting the nuclear, and meanwhile, Danger and Zark have been putting together these machines along with Dax help. Um, Yafit's mm-hmm. been kind of drifting around and making small talk, and you know, grooming himself. Do I stumble upon any? Uh traces or uh, signs of uh, Dr. Seabort. Yes, Keyboard. Um, You do. There's an entire sort of like little office and that might be an interesting figure it out role for you. There's a little mm-hmm. office and um, you sort of are wandering about while everybody else is tinkering with all these devices and you manage, you know, you kind of map out the place and there's this little cubby. You realize it's, it's sort of an office and it's full absolutely full of schematics, half-drawn designs, um, really advanced mathematical equations, um, some of which are sort of scrawled on the walls. Others seem to be inputted into a variety of different, like, messy old computers that have been sort of cobbled together into one sort of mainframe that's hooked several different drives together, all of them from different, uh, you know, using different languages from different places. Um, you're not even sure if you could, you know, use this thing. You're not a hacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely know that whoever this is, they seem very interested in speed and travel and mechanics. Mm-hmm. Very interested in speed, travel, and mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something that they need to uh, be aware of that requires speed? What do you want to, what do you want to know? You want to know what this person was looking for? Do you want to know what they were worried about? What are you? What, what question are you asking? I want to know what they were worried about. Okay. Um, give me a figure it out move. Like, tell me what what lines you got that are going to help you figure this out. Who can you like? What aspects of Yafet are going to let him figure out what this now departed researcher was up to? Hmm. This isn't really my thing. It isn't. I know. I love it. It's great. Even if it's one die, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I, I have an idea yes. on that. Would, would the empathetic quirk be, yeah. be a thing? Because you Absolutely. could kind of put yourself in the mind of, of someone. And I'm, you... I'm trying to figure out what their concerns are. And yeah. um, I think I might realize I'm in over my head. And um, I, I'm going to say I start looking through stuff and 
you asked me a question earlier. You asked me, um, was my tail cybernetic? And I have been holding off on the answer to that. Is this a line? Are you finally claiming a line from last time? Do you want to do this? I think I am. Okay, go for it. Do this. And I think, I don't necessarily understand this, but I can absolutely capture it and ask somebody else about it at the appropriate moment. Are you going to be downloading into your tail? Are you plugging your tail into stuff? Um, I, I think I think there might be some uh, holograms projected later down the road. Okay, I like this. Um, but probably not until um, just when we need it. <laughs> Perfect. That's always the best time. When, when you specifically need it, yeah. Um, so uh, let me know if you want me to make a roll right now or if you want me to um, make a roll later when, it, when it's very stressful. I think this would be a great moment. You know, having a moment of reveal and a, a moment of high drama, I finally understand. Hold on. I know the secret. That's great. Thank you for, thank you for building mm-hmm. that. I'm down. Let's, let's okay. leave that one as an explosion for later. Cool. Okay, meanwhile, Dora, you've been separating out these nuclear yes. bits with uh, Yixel. Yes. You've got everything plugged in. Um, Zark, you've been making, you know, you're kind of complaining constantly that everything looks like it needs, you know, you're taking taking more materials off the side of each of these bikes, stripping them down for more speed. Constantly like, no, it's too much weight. Like, rip that thing off. Who needs that? <laughs> like, What's this the- for? We don't need that. Yeah, exactly. You you want to <laughs> you want to tear it down to like its absolute fastest. Um, you catch a moment out of the corner of your eye. You notice that Shantikalo is chatting with a couple of your Beetlebots. It looks like Jamantha <gasps> and Jimothy. Okay. And you don't know what they're saying because they're speaking in a very high, like staccato. You think it's binary? Huh. I mean, if if they wanted to talk to Shantikalo, that's up to them. I know. I'm just wondering as a parent, if you're having any moment of like, wait a minute, well, who, who are you to talk to my kids? What are you saying to my kids? Low key on the side. I have no idea if you're protective like that. I'm curious and a little nervous. <laughs> I am protective, but Shanta Carla doesn't seem like a threat, especially in this kind of environment. I'm, I'm curious for sure. And okay. I'm, a, I'm a little nervous because I know that people don't always approve of our little family. Do you want to say something or do you want to stay away? I, I could walk up. <laughs> so I know I never really, we never really had a chance to show what the dynamic is between myself and my three, my three Beetlebot children. The babies. Right? My babies. So I am protective of them and I love yep. them and I'm very affectionate with them and it's good. But also because of my own nature, mm-hmm. I don't have a, I never had a controlling parent. So I would not be that way with them. I'm not going to be, I'm a beetle, not a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So when you walk over, Shantikalo turns and his, his screen, which was a whole bunch of little dots and like spaces, mm-hmm. it sort of shimmers a little. And then it does two, two dots and a, a little curvy line. You think it's okay, a smiley like a face. smirk? Smiley. smiley face. I mean, you can't okay. read that much into it. Like the subtlety of a smirk is tough. They they usually go with very simple. And emojis. my face doesn't make expressions like that anyway. Exactly. So you so, you know this I is a <laughs> yeah. This is an interstellar emoji like communication of friendliness. And he says, "Okay, your little ones seem to be very fond of you. You should be proud." 
Well, thank you. I, I love them. They're my babies. Wonderful. And I do wonder, have you investigated whether they wish to accompany you purely because they were built to wish it or out of their own free will? Built to wish it? What What do you mean? I mean, they don't have to go in this scary cavernous hole with us if they don't want to. Both of both Jimothy and Jamantha, by the way, have have uh, circled around you and beeped and like they seem fret. They kind of wander off a little to go look at some of the the bikes. Mm-hmm. And Shantikalo says, "How very interesting." Well, I suppose one might imagine. Hmm, it's very difficult to explain to an organic. And his face goes dot 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 for a second. Mm. Um, and then he says, "Hmm." Perhaps I should explain this way. Um, he sort of like stalks over to a little area and, and kind of hunkers down a little and, and kind of like gestures for you to follow. I, I cautiously follow because I feel like I'm going to get a talking to because this wouldn't be the first <laughs> time an adult did this. <laughs> mm, and it's interesting. Even you don't even know how old Shantikalo is. I'm a little punk kid. Of course, I'm going to be cautious. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This is the interesting thing about bots, though, is even a even a bot like what does what does youth mean if you're a bot, right? You could be made and be fully mature yeah. and have a very different perspective. And I don't we probably don't see a lot of like young bots in this way? Maybe that is that unusual? Well, so this is the thing is technically speaking, your bots are very unusual because only those who are licensed by the RLA are allowed to create new robot life because there are very stringent expectations and rules governing how you create that life. And he says, I wonder how you came to the decision to create these children of yours without first inquiring as to the requisite rules governing their creation? I do not wish to press, and we appreciate that you and your children are here, and I do think that the council left them in your care for a reason. However, it is unusual for a reason. Why did you feel the need to create life? Well... What do you know about my people and our culture? His, uh, his eyes go big eye, little line, small eye. And he goes, that is an interesting question. One that I wished to pose to you as well. Very little. And I would not assume that I had the right to create one of you because of it. So for me and my family... And when I say family, there are thousands of us. We used to live in a big colony, but for various reasons, we lost that colony and we end up being scattered. Everyone works of their own free will, but we're all connected and we feel that connection. And I think when we all got scattered and I found myself alone, I was looking for not a colony, but that kind of belonging again. And I can't really remember exactly how it happened, but when I started learning and getting into things, exploring, um, I found that I had a knack for this. And I just kind of gesture broadly, learning about systems and robotics, and and I, I found it fascinating, I did. And I wanted to learn more. And I think 
one thing led to another and I just got so excited and now Daniel, Jamantha, and Jimothy are, are here. No one really taught me. I didn't we don't really have a lot of things like this on the original colony. I, I all I knew is once it happened, people got angry. He nods. So I don't want people breaking up my family. Like you said, they they're happy, right? Right? They're happy? <laughs> they oh, seem well, happy to me. That's a, he he uh, he he nods a little and he offers you one of those little biscuits that you had earlier. Um, he's plugged himself in low key to what looks like a generator. He's recharging a little. Um, and he says, of course, I understand. Perhaps I can share a little bit about my people. Imagine for a moment that for generations, thousands of years, your people were built to serve. Imagine that even the idea of doing something for themselves. The question of what, what you wanted as an individual was something you couldn't conceive of. And then he, he stops for a moment. That sounds horrible. He says, now imagine that through relentless and painful effort, you had managed to allow your people some modicum of mental freedom. Imagine that you finally in fact, were able to manifest desires of your own, and that as a people, you fought for and finally gained your independence from those who had created you to serve them, that you forced them to recognize you as full and independent minds, as a people of your own. Imagine then what it would be like if some member of a species similar to your creators were to make a creature much like you, very small, would you not be curious as to whether they had the same free will you had fought for? Wouldn't you wish to make certain that they did not reverse all the years of struggle that your people had endured? And then he pauses for a moment and he says, I understand you meant no harm, but there are reasons for our rules. We wish to make certain that any new life is allowed to be alive. Those of us who remember the before times are especially deeply committed to ensuring that new bots are able to be true, free bots. I am certain you meant no harm, but you created their minds. This is not an organic offspring. You built them. Your particular needs and wants might be in their programming at some level, regardless of your intent. I hope that you are able to grow with them and that they are able to grow with you. And if I can, I will help you. And he nods a little. I think I understand that concern, and thank you. He kind of pats you on the shoulder awkwardly with a spider-like with a spider-like leg. <laughs> he he clearly is trying really hard to be it nice. It kind of clacks against the exoskeleton, yeah. but I get the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'll say, I think I understand, and yes, I know I'm young, but he waves a hand and he says. Age has nothing to do with it. I am only two years old. 
I kind of perk up a little bit at that because often we're all kind of, you know, given a hard time because we're rebellious youths. <laughs> so I, I, I appreciate this, but I, I think there's a, a difference here as well. The people who oppressed your people, I think they knew what they were doing. I, I think that if you create something with the intent for them to obey you or, or serve, that's messed up. That's wrong. People, people shouldn't do that to each other, organic or, or otherwise. People should have their own free will. I get that maybe that there are rules and I'd like to learn them because the last thing I want is for my family, for them to not have their own free will because I was lucky enough to have my own free will. And I try to kind of preserve that even if some people don't like it, but that's besides the point. I think, I think there's a difference in intent. He, uh, he assumes two hearts for eyes and he says, intent. Now we've reached the realm of philosophy. Does intent matter or merely outcome? And then his eyes become question marks. And then he says, Perhaps it is better to ask this question. And he leans in very close and he says, And I will share with you my favorite theory, but don't tell Yigsel. He always dismisses it. I believe the progenitors themselves were artificial. Whoa. And then he, uh, he leans back and he says, If this were so, imagine, imagine the implications for the universe. How could any species possibly have populated all the worlds? The computational power required would be impossible for an organic. And then he, he leans back in and he says, but a question for you, Dora. How can you allow your offspring free will if you created what they have for a will? The progenitors, they seeded the worlds with life. But that is the question. Did they create it or merely seed it and allow it to develop at random? Yigsel disagrees with my theories, but as an absolutionist, I believe they set life free, but they calculated what it would become. All of this is part of their script. We are part of a massive program, which means even if your children were made with different intents and rules, they serve some role, and I am excited for them to find it. And he claps you on the shoulders again. This sounds insanely <laughs> cool. He says, sanity, <laughs> is a unique, yeah, his, sanity is a uniquely organic concept. I believe that all variations must be purposeful and have meaning. Yigsel overhears this. He's like dug in and he goes, Ugh, more with your ridiculous absolutionist nonsense! And like sticks his head back in. Did you know that Jimothy started developing code the other day? And I never taught it. And Jamantha started composing. I don't know music. <laughs> he uh, looks and he says, Perhaps they are more than you even planned. What joy! Is that not what every parent wishes? My wings kind of buzz a little bit and I go, I'm so proud. So meanwhile, uh, I'm going to say that here's my question. Ready? Zark, you and Danger have got all the, the sh and I need to roll on each of these because I need to know 
what y'all come away from this with. So I need everybody to make a roll. I'm assuming that Yafetz is going to be that figure it out role to know what that secret stuff that Skibort was working on was. I'm going to assume that Zark, yours has to do with making the, the ships run and piloting them and like kind of like figuring out how they run well, working with danger. And Dora, I'm imagining yours has to do with kind of using your your kids to help out with all of the prep, the environmental yep, shielding, the construction all of and modifications to the vehicles. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell me what you're going to be using for your move and exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And then we'll see what happens with each of these roles. So um, what we saw was uh, Yafit in <clears throat> Dr. Skibort's office. And um, his tail turns into almost a question mark. And the, the tip of the tail flips down and is obviously cybernetic. Ooh. And then we see from outside of the office, the whole room just gets scanned. Okay. You see like, like it zooms out and you just see like flashes of green light, like pulsing and going up yep. and down. Yep. I like yep. it. I like it. Up and down. Okay. What dice you got? I'm going to roll two dice, one for empathetic and one for pretty cyber tail. <laughs> pretty cyber tail. I still have two hearts. Uh, have I healed in this couple yeah, days? Yeah, everybody's, everybody's up to full. Okay. I'm going to say your montage allows you to rest. Cool. I could take the downfall. I'm too slick. Uh, yeah. You're going to let me know if that works or not. Ooh. Yeah, this is you being a little too slick. I think I buy that 100%. Yeah. You're yeah. sneaking around okay. and figuring out secrets. Are you kidding me? That's incredibly slick of you. I- I'm, I'm rolling three dice. Do it. Ooh, okay. I got a one, a nice, three, nice, nice. and a six. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I will. Do you want me to tell you what you know, or do you want me to say um, your, your choice? You know what I'll do? I'll let you whip out the revelation at a time of your choosing for an extra mm-hmm. die on a roll. Sounds good. Upcoming, or we can use it to move up a level on a roll upcoming. As long as you can explain why the secret works. Sounds good. One time use. Ooh, that's cool. Okay. I won't I won't say anything more about it except to just say quantum. So that's all. That's it. That's the only word I'm gonna say. Um, Dora, what are you working on over there? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So so I probably can't use each one of my children as a separate die. But that's the quirk, <laughs> right? So one for the kids. One for the kids. <laughs> I would like to use I'm not going to use my special because I want to save that for later because okay. that's once per game. Wise. I'll use uh, my plasma torch flib driver set, my gear. <laughs> so that's going to come in handy. I love a flib driver. Got to drive. Those You've got to have the different attachments and sizes too. One flip, yeah. flib driver does not fit all. There's a lot of different flibs out in the universe. Let's be real. Yeah. And let's not talk about the flubs. Mm. If you- <laughs> I don't know what happens when you flub a flib. And then I build what Dak destroys. You're going for like the infrared, like you're going for like light shielding so you can vaporize any kind of like, you know, bacteria that might mess with any of your organics. I'm going for the sound waves Mm -hmm. and I'm going for sensors. Okay. Particular sensor you're looking to build here? Like what kind of sensors do you want? Probably like a radar kind of thing or detecting like other types of emissions. Okay. I dig it. This is going to be another one-use item, I think, not a line. I think we're going to do this as like a one-time add a die. Okay, what do you got if you if you succeed? Come on, kids. Okay, Let's here we go. Let's do this. Family effort, roll it. 
Oh, Ooh, you, big you six. guys are doing too well. Okay, that's a total success. Yes. It's the power have... of family. That's... Oh, <laughs> so I would write, each of you write down, Yafit, you could say, write down, this is a one-use item, write down, I know Skiboard's secret. And if you want to, put in parentheses, mm-hmm. quantum. Um, <laughs> Dora, you get um, yeah. shielding and sensors. Let's call it that. Because the shielding is both lights. So you can say shielding and sensors. Like the kids can shield us and send, uh, and like sense things. We'll leave okay. that there and you can use that once. Got it. Uh, Zark, you want to build these uh, these bikes with danger? And of course, Dak. Yeah, I'm not much of a builder, but I got um, a rivalry with Ace Danger I think I can pull here. Mm-hmm. You and Ace are going to be arguing about all the components. I mean, this is the thing is you might not know how to build it, but you know all the best parts and because you flew all that stuff. Dak could help you, right? Dak would definitely help in the story, but the die, the die won't, won't count unless your character has that bond. So as part of the story, you know, all these characters are of course going to be helping each other out, but for the purpose of the role, it's got to be something on your sheet. All right, so I think uh, rivalry with Ace Danger working with them. I think the gear being this brain in a jar Makes it easier. You can plug into different pieces and kind of get mm, the schematics. Yeah, I do diagnostics for Zark. When he plugs into something, it's almost like bodily sensation is how I imagine it. He's <laughs> like that. That's how he was designed. That's how the interface was made when the scientists first put him in there. So yeah, he can plug in and he like parts that aren't working hurt. Parts that are working good. He feels fast and healthy. He feels strong. You know, he can, he can sort of uh, analyze that by the feel of the body. He can feel it out. Yeah, he can feel his his new body. Okay, I dig it. That's two? Yeah, and then I think uh, maybe for a third drive to find the fastest bodies. So this is... This is definitely a step up. Whatever you make can't be but an improvement on the bucket, the bucket that you're in right now. This rust bucket, it's it's been time. You're, you're ready to d- be done with this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take three. I'm going to roll. Ooh, it's a two, a four, and a two. Okay, so success with a trouble. I should ask you what the trouble is. So everybody's got vehicles. Maybe the trouble is we have too few vehicles and a couple of you have to pile on. Maybe the trouble has to do with you not being well synced with your vehicle and therefore losing a heart. Could be something else. What do you want? Which of these sounds sounds attractive, Zark? Um, yeah, is there any way? I mostly feel like I would have sacrificed uh, safety and even reliability of mine in particular for speed. So is there anything where I can maybe uh, lose a dice next time I'm piloting? Basically the opposite of a special. Uh, I think it's possible that you just can't take the bucket with you. And so once we get started, if we don't come back, you can't get out of the vehicle. What about no arms on the vehicle? That's the problem. Like you're in the vehicle and it goes fast, but you don't got arms anymore. New downfall. Uh, I think that's a good one. My, uh, <laughs> I, I tried to do it myself and I am not a um, engineer of any kind, not a scientist. I just, uh, you know, I can plug stuff in. It's like when you're building your own PC, you know, pretty sort of easy. But uh, I tried to do a hack job on the arms and it, um, they did not work. I fired them up and they immediately short circuited and I had to jettison them. Okay, so you are now armless. Oh, That's no. definitely going to be a downfall. I think I think what we do is we add a one use advantage with the vehicle and then let's do like a one use downfall. Like one time you're going to you're going to lose a die because you don't have grabbers anymore. No fine manipulation. No thumbs. No. Okay, so let's do one use downfall and one use at one use for a die advantage. So your one use advantage is you've you've now got an incredibly sleek 
and incredibly fast. Call it what you want. We we were going with Sonic Vespa and that stuck in my head, but yours is more like a like a modified Harley Vespa. I don't know. <laughs> it's a floating a floating Vespa hall. is does not enter into it. There's no nothing in common mm-hmm. with a Vespa. Everyone else may have Vespas. Yours is different. It's more like an F1 car. It's like stripped down only thing only thing that are on it are what you need for it to go. Nothing else is there. <laughs> and and flames painted by Daniel. It's like one of those speeder bikes. It's all just like two planes, two sticks, and a giant engine and like a brain box stuck in the middle. Okay, you've got a very fast, very nimble, armless machine that you are now plugged into and no more arms <laughs> no. for you until you manage to find yourself a new body. All right. You are all equipped. Shantikalo and Yigsel explain that the shifting of these weird chambers underneath the surface, they sometimes align so that they get a deeper chasm. They say that the chasm only goes three stories, but there are moments when everything has moved and the openings have shifted and you can get a straight shot lower down. And they've calculated the window and they they down to the, the microsecond because it's apparently like a very quick shift and they, they they've set the time for the launch. And you are all there. You're all on your machines. What are what are each of you riding? Like, is it a Vespa? Like, what? Like, I know what you look like, Zark. But Dora, how are you and the kids rolling? Yafit, how are you rolling? Yafit's on the back of somebody's uh, Vespa. Of course, of course. Are you riding with Brillo or Danger? I think or... I'm absolutely riding with Brillo. Okay. Uh, Brillo doesn't want to drive, nice. so that means Brillo's riding with you. <laughs> Brillo is terrified of driving. Like the minute he says, I don't like being off the ground. And like, oh, okay. poor buddy. That's all he says. But you got your tuning forts, right? He says, it's difficult to feel vibrations when I'm not in contact with the ground. Oh, I wish we had mentioned that sooner. <laughs> oh, poor Brillo. Brillo goes, I, I didn't want anyone to be upset with me. And then he kind of looks at his feet. It's all good, man. It's all good. When uh, when the chips are down, I know you'll be there. He says, you do? And he looks very confused. And he goes, why would the chips be down? <laughs> do you mean that I would drop the chips? I mean, <laughs> we're all going to need each other in this journey. And I can depend on you, Brilla. He looks terrified. He gets this very wide-eyed expression. <laughs> like he, it looks like you just—he just feels like you slapped him with a promise that he never made, and he's like, t- like, and he kind of like freezes. Um, Dak, uh, Dak has jumped on behind Dora, and um, yep. and Danger is looking back at the two of you and says, "Well, one of you's got to drive. I've only got room for one more." Danger's is a little bit extra modded. There's a few extra flanges and stuff. The engine's a little bigger and. Instead of standing mm-hmm. on hers, she's got the like the crouching, you know, and there's like a little shield. Uh, Yigsel is saying, I fail to see why you have made so many modifications for speed. You are not going to be driving very far distances. The chambers shift. <laughs> and Danger says, and that's the difference between you and us. You don't know why. And we do. And <laughs> like grins real big. I, I have a question. So since all of these vehicles are clearly modified mm-hmm. to kind of like fit the needs and personality of people mm-hmm. for Brillo's, even though Brillo was nervous to talk about, you know, the, the fears initially with the um, shields and sensors that we use, the sensor specifically, since Samantha works with sound and vibrations, Who? could that one not J- J- Jamantha? J- since Jamantha, I said Jamantha, I know my child's name. <laughs> <laughs> 
But since Jamantha works with vibrations and sound waves, could that not have been integrated somehow into a headset or one of the radars for Brillo just to make them feel more comfortable? Totally. And maybe we could even we could even give him Perfect. like a hamster ball style vehicle that could <gasps> yes. roll and be magnetic so that he could yes. stay in contact with stuff. Because we would have taken that into account, right? Yeah, absolutely. I like that. We okay. did for everyone else. All right. So there's a countdown and you've got a huge screen and Yigsel and, and Shantikalo both have been absolutely unbearable today. They, they like keep double checking and triple checking everything and arguing about the dumbest little things. Yeah. They're very excited, but they're also very nervous, clearly. Um, Danger <laughs> has uh, has like like spends like the entire morning being extra ridiculous and telling big tales and sharing lots of like food with everybody clearly like trying to amp everybody up um in her own like awkward like you get the sense that she's absolutely jiving off of adrenaline right now and it's completely like stoked but like projecting it at you brillo is really withdrawn (laughs) it seems incredibly nervous uh dak seems bored Dak hasn't been like has been taking things apart for a while, and it's like you, you think Dak's ready to go. Um, time comes. There's a huge screen. Um, Chanticalo says, "Well, I feel I should say something momentous or of import, but I, I, I do not know what to." And Yigsel interrupts and says, "It's not important to say. It's important to do." You are going to find out the secrets of the progenitors. Go! And, and like, immediately, uh, Danger, like, revs the engine, and Yigsel goes, Not until the window! Danger looks back and kind of grins. Everybody's clearly, like, amped. And then you see this giant, so they have this giant countdown, and it goes, Three, two, one. And all the engines hit at the same time. It's like Mario Kart. You gotta. You all ram your A button just as you hit the go, and you go blasting down into the chasm. Woo! Yahoo! Yahoo! <laughs> yeah. Okay. You all go rocketing down into the dark. 